girl, how's it going? Welcome to the third season of SBC. My best friend's exorcism has been on my list for a long time and oh my god, what a lovely surprise. Keep listening for the 80s nostalgia you thought you couldn't take anymore and didn't know you still needed. children's books please in that room right over there would you like me to pick you out one with lots of pictures in it no thank you i'm sure i can manage you know you could have your very own library card and then you could take books home and you wouldn't have to walk here every day you could take as many as you like that would be wonderful but before we get our Mickey Mouse phones and Phil Collins vinyls out, here is the schedule for the rest of the season. On February 22nd, I'm going to discuss Troubled Blood, the fifth novel in the Cormoran Strike series. On March 8th, André Matos, the Maestro of Heavy Metal. On March 22nd, The Summer That Melted Everything by Tiffany McDaniel. On April 5th, I'm going to talk about Wilder Girls by Rory Power. Finally, we'll end season 3 on April 19th with Imaginary Friend by Stephen Chbowski. You have plenty of time to organize your schedule and read the books so the episodes can be spoiler-free for you. Join the discussion on the Discord server where we talk books, shows, games, and English, of course. Check the episode's description for the link. To Hermione Jean Granger... I leave my copy of the Tales of Beadle the Bard in the hope that she find it entertaining and instructive. Mummy's giving me those. The Wizard in the Hopping Pot, Babbity Rabbity and the Cackling Stump. Come on. Babbity Rabbity? No? The year is 1988. High school sophomores Abby and Gretchen have been best friends since 4th grade. But after an evening of skinny dipping goes disastrously wrong, Gretchen begins to act different. She's moody. She's irritable. And bizarre incidents keep happening whenever she's nearby. Abby's investigation leads her to some startling discoveries. And by the time their story reaches its terrifying conclusion, the fate of Abby and Gretchen will be determined by a single question. Is their friendship powerful enough to beat the devil? I know it's silly, but one of my biggest frustrations in life is that I didn't live in the 80s. I was born in the 80s, in 1988, to be more specific, which is the year Gretchen was possessed by the devil, but I was only a baby so I didn't get to enjoy those years. I was a child in the 90s and had my teenage years in the 2000s. But man, I wish I'd been there to see all that hairspray, spandex and heavy makeup. So I love a good 80s nostalgia, which is probably the reason why I love Stranger Things so much. And when I picked up this book and saw that the story happened in 88, I was really excited to dive in and spend some time with Abby and Gretchen. And it didn't disappoint. I have to say I really liked the story, although I did think the ending was a bit confusing, like the very end. And that there are some points that I wish were more well developed or discussed. But overall, really entertaining story, suspenseful at times. 
a bit scary too, and just lovely. It's a very beautiful story about a friendship that is tested in the most evil way imaginable. The book begins with adult Abby reading a news article about the death of someone she knew, someone from her past. We don't know anything about that person, only that she calls him the exorcist, and that he had served time in prison. Okay, so then we go back to Abby's birthday party in fourth grade, and the moment when she met Gretchen. And that's when the story starts to unfold. The whole book is Abby remembering what happened with her and Gretchen in the past because she read the news article at the beginning. After their friendship is established, we jump to 88 when the girls are in their second high school year. Now they hang out with Margaret and Glee, which I absolutely loved because those girls were the enemy in fourth grade and now they're all buddies. This is something I loved about this book. Although it was written by a man, the perspective of the teenage girl is really on point. At least it was for me. It was very similar to my own experiences and feelings as a teenager. In fact, I thought Abby was really relatable, but I'll talk more about it in the character section. So, the girls are hanging out in Margaret's lake house, and they decide to try LSD for the first time, just to see what's like. Nothing happens, which is so true. I remember trying things when I was younger and waiting for hours for whatever it was to kick in. Um, but anyway, nothing happens. So Gretchen decides to go skinny dipping, but she doesn't realize the tide is low and that she'll get hurt if she dives. The other girls run after her, but it's too late. Now Gretchen's gone and no one wants to look for her except for Abby. So she goes in the wood and doesn't find her friend. What she finds, though, is an abandoned shack and a pair of eyes looking at her from the windows and calling her name. Eventually, they find Gretchen around that shack, and she's in a terrible state. She's naked because she was going skinny dipping before. She's all dirty and completely disoriented. Abby is so relieved that she's found her friend that she believes all Gretchen needs is sleep and rest. So in her mind, everything is a-okay. Of course, nothing was a-okay, and Gretchen starts acting weird in the following days. She smells terrible, and Abby realizes that she's not showering anymore, and weird things start happening around her. So when Gretchen um, alienates everyone else, Abby is the only one who is worried and wants to help. She forces Gretchen to tell her what the problem was, and she ends up believing Gretchen was raped that night in the shack. But when she tries to tell Gretchen's parents and the other adults that surround them, nobody believes her, because first, they don't want to believe, and second, Gretchen is now turning everyone against Abby. So lots of bad and horrible things happen, I won't spoil everything, uh, but Abby finally reaches the conclusion that what Gretchen needs is an exorcism. She finds someone who is excited to help with that, and this is the exorcist from the beginning, and together they perform the ritual. What I thought was really amazing was the fact that this guy, the exorcist, is faking everything, and he even leaves at some point. But then Abby starts doing her own exorcism, and that works, and it's the best exorcism scene I've ever read or seen on the screen. It's really fucking cool. 
At the end, what I thought was confusing was that we don't go back to the first scene of Abby reading the news article. We just kind of watch her entire life as if it's flashing in front of our eyes. And I think we didn't need that. Especially because what happens between Abby and Gretchen is that they don't stop being friends. They just, you know, life happens and they each go their separate ways. And that is nothing but true. It's what really happens in life. Most people just lose touch uh, with their childhood or high school friends. And that's okay. The fact that Gretchen went back to Abby after some some years and that... She was there at the end of Abby's life. That was too unrealistic for me. I know almost everything else in the book is unrealistic, but their friendship is the most important thing in the story, and it is realistic and completely relatable. So why not let it end just as it would in real life, you know? Why don't I know you? I'm new. I just moved here from Africa. What? I used to be homeschooled. Wait, what? My mom taught me at home. No, no, I know what homeschool is. I'm not retarded. So you've actually never been to a real school before? Shut up. Shut up! I didn't say anything. Homeschooled. That's really interesting. Thanks. You're, like, really pretty. Thank you. So you agree? What? You think you're really pretty? Oh, I don't know. Oh, my God, I love your bracelet. Where did you get it? Oh, my mom made it for me. It's adorable. It's so fetch. What is fetch? Oh, it's like slang from England. So if you're from Africa, why are you white? Oh my god, Karen, you can't just ask people why they're white. Could you give us some privacy for like one second? Yeah, sure. Abby is me and I am Abby. That's it. That's all I have to say. Seriously, though, Abby made me feel so nostalgic for a time in my life that I don't miss at all. It was crazy. She's poor, her family is poor, she only studies in a top school because she has a scholarship, but all her friends and colleagues are filthy rich, so that's the reference she has around her. During her childhood, her father lost his job, and he had to figure out something else to do to bring money home. Her mother works 24-7 shifts to make sure they have a roof over their heads and food at the table. But Abby is young and she doesn't see any of that. The mood inside the house is dark and unfriendly because of all these money problems, so Abby doesn't find support at home. I liked that her room was her own territory, where no one was allowed but her, and I could visualize walking inside the house coming in from the front door and just seeing unhappiness and shades of grey, and then entering her room and being hit with that splash of colors and teddy bears and pink and sequins. That was pretty much how my teenage years were, except I was a goth and my room was all black instead of pink. But remember, I was a product of the early 2000s, so being goth was really a trend back then. But yeah, Abby is the only one of her friends who works, the only one who drives, I think. So she has this independence that Gretchen doesn't have and that I think she envies a bit. Or I don't I don't know if envy is the right word. I think admires is better. Because Gretchen's parents are extremely controlling and she doesn't like them at all. 
Once when they were children, Gretchen's mom found the girls dancing to Madonna's like a virgin, and she almost killed her daughter right then. So their relationship is complicated, and I think Gretchen admires the freedom that Abby has. Which is crazy, because Abby admires everything else that Gretchen has, right? I loved both girls a lot. I was surprised at how much I liked them because, again, the book was written by a man and I usually don't expect men to get the psyche of girls and women right. They usually, in my opinion, of course, they usually don't. So that was surprising for me. How often do you read it? Haven't you ever read the same book over and over again? Well, um, I guess I read... Little Women more than once, but I mean, that's a classic. What's so great about The Shining? The question should be, Rach, what is not so great about The Shining? Okay, and the answer would be nothing. All right? This is like the scariest book ever. I bet it's way better than that classic of yours. <laughs> okay. In spite of the topic and some really gruesome scenes, my best friend's exorcism has such a light tone to it. It's funny, it's quirky, it's adorable, it's scary at the same time. I think my biggest fear was that it was going to be just comedy and that nothing would be taken seriously. And thankfully, that's not at all the case. But the warning still remains. I think the scary bits are quite scary and the disgusting scenes are really, really disgusting. But I don't think you would be... Like, I don't think you, you would lose your sleep because you're scared, you know, like reading this book. I definitely recommend it. I think anyone who loves 80s nostalgia will love this. Anyone who loves a good friendship story will love this. And honestly, the demon part of it is kind of secondary. What's important is the friendship between Abby and Gretchen and how much they can endure for the love that they have for one another. I gave this book four stars on Goodreads, and I'm curious to know what you thought of it. Let me know by getting in on the Discord server, on Instagram, or even by email. That was SBC Season 3, Episode 14. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more. Check the episode's description for links and more info.